0: Hello and welcome back to the Saints Score on Voice FM one hundred three point nine, as well as all of your good podcasting platforms. The four of us are here to review two games as Liverpool and Leicester in the past few days, and preview our game against Brighton this upcoming weekend. Like I said, all four of us are here, and I'm going to start with Ollie this week. Ollie, how are you doing? I'm
1: good. I'm good. I uh, just come back from uni. I was uh, bopping nice. along to my Spotify rap that just came out. Uh, I think it was, was it last night? Or oh, maybe a couple of days before recording December. on a recording on a Thursday. Um yeah, a couple of tunes in there that I was they do they do this one where they kind of dig out ones that you what do they call it? The ones that get away, which was quite good as well. Um but yeah, I I I think I was talking to you about it yesterday and you had probably your five artists that you listened to. No, I no, 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 no. Listeners that no, you are listen to my right. radio show, they know exactly what songs Harry picked because there was a yeah. four artist that he kind of rotated between, and that was as far as he would venture. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, you know who was the top of your one? I want, I want to know. I want to see what the variation that we had. Okay, As you have to give me a second. I had. once but... well, you say that, obviously I had Tom Gren at the top, and then fifth was Craig David. I was, I was, surprised Craig David was Craig at Craig David fifth. came fifth. I can't, wow. I can't lie, but I think it'll be a lot. higher hey, yeah, it's weird. It's not
2: like a lot, it's a mums and dads like. Okay, Craig David Harris, you're <laughs> a man of different era. It seems. Um, but he's right.
0: he's a man from Southampton. He's a Southampton fan, so I just true, I just have to true. sort of yeah, act the local guy, you know. I've got to back <laughs> the local guy.
1: Um, mine was David Bowie first, a tribe called Quest second, Arctic Monkeys third, Frank Ocean fourth, and the Idols fifth. So there you go. Nice.
0: nice, Mikey. If you had a look at last year, I remember a lot of yours were musical based. Are they the same this year, or is it is it a bit different? I mean,
3: there is. I think Lou Manwell Miranda was one of my top. I think he he was there. But it was Rex Orange County, The Feeling, uh, Ed Sheeran, oh, Sound of Guns was there. Um, I think Scouting for Girls was there as well. So it was a, it was a mix. What? I I don't really go into one genre. I am very it's quite funny looking at mine, especially like spot stats and stuff like that, because my most listened to is like nine percent of like a genre. I think so. It's <laughs> quite a bit of fun. I don't really have one that I listen to the most.
0: Apart from that, did that improve your week, or how was your week overall?
3: Oh, yeah, it's been okay. I mean, my mum's got COVID at the start of the year. Not start of the year. Jesus, start of the week. She's she's doing okay. She's doing fine. Uh, It's just a week of testing, basically. Um, But today's been quite nice and relaxed. It's been quite busy doing, like, psychology stuff with uni and... uh, and uh, I think we, we had an assessment at the end of last week as well. So it's been a, quite a busy time, uh, but it's been quite chill. And of course, finished off yesterday with the uh, Southampton Leicester game, which is quite nice.
0: Um, so yeah, that was quite good. Jamie, how have you been? Who's the top of your, your, your wraps this year? I
2: have been a busy boy, Tizard,
0: but my Where's top of my really? thing is Two Door Cinema Club. So actually, was that a surprise? Were you surprised to see them at that high? I, it was, was it, to be honest,
2: because I've been more of a podcast listener this year. Yeah. So um, I haven't really been listening to much. Obviously, I do listen to music, but not as much as I thought I would do normally. So um, I was quite surprised to see all my top five, because it's um, Tudor Cinema Club, Catfish, a band called Lock In, The Hunter and Arctic Monkeys,
3: because
0: nice they yeah. are a banger who's the top of your podcast apart from the saint score yeah.
2: obviously who's, it, who's there's the pizza um, the crouch podcast nice. then it was russell at ha- russell brand sorry his um football podcast he does he doesn't f- i didn't even know that yeah it's, know, it's actually really it good, good. i'd i'd highly recommend it to uh, all the listeners out there obviously apart from after listen to after you've yeah. finished <laughs> our show obviously but um... <laughs> But I generally, it's really good, because it's, it's like a light-hearted look on this week, on the week's football. So, um, is, this, is this really interesting? What's it called? Um, oh, hang on, I think it's like, literally, it's, yeah, literally um, football is nice with Russell Brand.
1: Oh, nice, okay, cool. I'll oh, have a look at that. that yeah, cool. and then
2: my third one is Raiders of the Lost podcast, a good film podcasting Ah, thread.
1: yeah, I've seen them, they're, they're quite Ooh. good, those. They have a lot of clips on TikTok, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I like them.
0: We we had. I want to know know
3: minutes listens. Why? That's why I want to know how many minutes people have listened
0: to. What music? Uh, Yeah, twenty thousand, just over twenty thousand, which is a lot up from last year. I think last year I was like three or four thousand. So. I've, I've <laughs> gone qu- up quite a bit. I think it's just mostly just listening in the kitchen, to be honest, because I've had a full year almost mm. of uh, listening in my uni house. It just, it ramps it up because if you're this listening was... like 60 minutes a day, it just it goes mm. up so quickly.
2: On the If you have it on the Echo, especially, or Google Home, it ranks up the minutes a lot as well. Mm. But yeah, I, had was... I had 18,000 today. I had
1: 27,000. Uh had 28,000,
0: so just beat him we had our own raps didn't we Ollie do you want to we go into indeed. detail what, what sort of things did we see Uh,
1: well we had a couple of different ones we had our first listener in Iceland which was interesting well, which made well, me go fair. and have a look at the, um, the different places that we listened we listened into 48 different countries funnily enough um they're real fun ones if you go right down to the bottom and it's like american samoa and jamaica (laughs) and turkey and stuff which are quite cool nepal uh listener in guernsey uh where else Capo Verde, that sounds quite nice. Japan, New Zealand, all the over Everywhere. these places. Which, yeah. um, our main listenership is United Kingdom, 72%. Uh, 20% listenership in the United States. That's quite cool. Kind of a, a little bit in Australia, some in Ireland, in Germany as well, which is quite cool. Mm. Um, yeah, and then it just kind of went into like uh, the gender. You can imagine we're quite a male uh, skewed <laughs> uh, podcast. Um, And, yeah, the majority of listeners are kind of our age as well, but we've got quite a a wide range as well. Um, But, yeah, that's kind of as as most as I can do audio based. A lot of it is kind of, as you can tell, probably like visually. But, um, yeah, there's a couple of the stats we did. So kind of listened all over, really.
3: Kind of terrifying having... You know, people Terrifying. listen to you in the other side of the world. You know, that's <laughs> that t- a t- little t- bit weird. Uh, just we you know, thank everyone who did listen to us exactly. throughout the whole yes.
1: year. Yeah. And if you enjoy, sure, me, make sure to leave a review because it is very <laughs> much appreciated. We're almost over. I think we're over like twenty-five reviews now, which you know it means that if you search <laughs> up Saint yeah, Fifty, yeah. 50? are we? I thought we've missed. Nah, us, I, haven't think... We? I, no, sure I think it's, about, I think it's like 30 or something. I think we're up to. Uh, have we had any new reviews? Because we did used to shout out uh, new reviews, didn't we? But I don't know if we've had any recently.
3: <laughs> 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 off, the, if there's any yeah. reviews coming,
1: um, like recently, I'll, I'll mention at the end of the episode. Sorry. Right, should we do at the end of the episode?
0: Yeah, yeah. At the end of the episode. At the end. Your shout out. Well, then that's for
3: planning the podcast during the podcast. It's always good, isn't it? It's
0: always good.
3: What shall we do them.
0: now, Harry? What's the plan you know now? What? We should talk about the game that happened for us yesterday. It was Southampton versus Leicester. And I was listening back to last week's podcast, obviously, before the game against Liverpool. And I was—I heard a lot of, about Nathan Teller, Mikey. You had a two minute 56 talk about why <laughs> Nathan Teller wasn't starting, and then he did start. We're going to start with Lester because it just happened a couple of days ago for the people who were listening now. Mikey, were you happy to see him in the starting 11, and how glad were you to see that he's, he's got a chance?
3: I, I was happy to see him in the starting 11. It wasn't where I thought he would be. Um, hmm. I thought he would be one of the uh, two nines up top, but I was happy to see him play. I mean, it's always exciting to see someone be given their chance again um so that was that was lovely to see uh and yeah he he did all right he did okay he wasn't like outstanding he wasn't like brilliant but he he did all right he you can't really call it an assist for the first goal can he he was involved in the first goal um And yeah, I mean, of course, you know what you're going to get with Nathan Teller. You're going to get a lot of hard work off the ball. You're going to get a lot of pressing numbers. You're going to get him running with the ball. And sometimes it comes off, sometimes it doesn't. But it does always give a buzz for the crowd when Nathan Teller picks up the ball because you always know that he's going to run up players and he's going to try and attack the goal, which was quite a bit of fun.
0: Yeah, Jamie, I mean, you were a big advocate for Nathan Teller And I think, Mikey, although he's, he's done a fair assessment there, I really enjoyed watching him. He was very energetic down that left wing. He enjoys beating players. And that's the second time I've seen him take a, cor- take a corner. And That's the second time I've seen us score from it because he did it huh. against Sheffield United. I had the same reaction of why is he taking a corner that he takes it short uh, a little one-two I've got to be honest I thought he was offside for a little the one-two there so my celebration wasn't muted but it was like calmed <laughs> down slightly until I saw play continue how happy were you to A. seeing part of a goal but B. just just get a chance because you have really wanted to see him.
2: To be honest Harry I was absolutely ecstatic when I saw him in the starting lineup because I thought going into this Leicester game we had I wouldn't say a, a good chance of winning, but I thought it was, I always know against Leicester's going to be a good game. I thought it would be a perfect chance for him to prove his point. And I think he did it perfectly. Like you said, Harry, that corner as well. Especially, I think it's quite significant that he's take, you know, as a short corner, taking him over Prowse. I think it shows that the Ralph actually trusts him as well and shows he knows his abilities there. Because you know, I can't remember the last time someone else, other than Prowse, took a corner when he was on the pitch. And I think he did his due diligence playing today i think hopefully he'll get some more game time in the up-and-coming busy christmas period
0: i mean i think he's more than likely to get a few more minutes especially because he, he didn't underperform I, I know it sounds a weird thing to say but he looks like a a natural in that position because normally isn't he is he normally either up front or on the right so apparently not a, a lot of the game off the left was good especially when we didn't have stuart armstrong i know he normally plays on the right as well but not having stuart armstrong in a big game like that because for me, he's one of our most crucial players in terms of building up play, creating chances, even though he doesn't always find the back of the net. But it was once again a game that we scored very early. We did it against Norwich and sadly we didn't win, but we did do it against Aston Villa as well. And once again, three minutes in, Che Adams, uh, not not Che Adams, Jan Bednar <laughs> scored. And was anyone else a bit scared? Because every time that he scored, we've lost three two after going two oh, 0 So God. Ollie, were you a bit scared at all? Or I've you were not, you know. Look at those links or look at those sort of uh patterns I'll of To be honest, Harry.
1: That's not like the first thing that hits my mind when we when we <laughs> three minutes at home against Leicester. I don't go, Oh no, jan Benemarek scored and that means we're gonna lose three two now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: but Mikey are, are you any different? <laughs> to be honest,
3: mate. That was my first thought going through oh, my thank head you, oh. Thank you. It wasn't just me. You know, it wasn't like, just wasn't me. I wanted to make a group a joke in the group chat of us going, oh, I might as well go home now. It's, it's we know that Leicester's <laughs> going to win this game three-two, and I didn't. And then Leicester were two-two, and I was honestly thinking, right, if this does happen again, yeah. I'm just <laughs> not playing. <any> <laughs> at all. Just, I like, just just don't put him up for set pieces. Don't just don't let him have a chance. Um, but yeah, scruffy goal, quite quite a scrappy goal. Uh, from the but corner. If, I thought it was well. Uh, you know, I thought
2: that looked like a. Except it's a good thing. set piece, but I don't think I think the initial the shot finish,
3: would
0: have been. The dark. finish was scrappy. Yeah. it's the way that it was, bounced um... off of Schmeichel's foot. Oh, he did make a good save, but he like Excellent. saved it onto his own mm. foot that flicked it mm. to a bedreck who did finish it well.
3: Yeah, I think that's credit. I think Ralph gave credit to Dave Watson, uh, who I know in the past we've given a bit of stick to from being the previous goalkeeping coach. Um, But apparently he's the one doing the set pieces right now. And some of the routines, I mean, we saw... Uh, a lot of the time throughout the game, you had uh, deep free kicks were being set back to Romeo instead of Warprowski whipping him in first time. And then that ball was going to the back post of Benereck to knock across goal. That was something that was obviously worked on. Of course, the short corner that resulted in the first goal um, is, is something that's also been worked on. And We've seen different elements. like We're not just getting Warprowski to hit the ball into the box. We are seeing different elements of set pieces and that does seem like the work of dave watson is paying off because we are scoring a couple of times from these or at least creating chances from them um so yeah that uh, i i just thought i'd praise dave watson for a little bit it's it's quite nice to do that sometimes
0: is it like you you sort of mentioned it there but how important is it that we don't just say wallprice you're on it whip it in because even though it's a good set piece take it can get quite predictable they know who's going to take it they probably know who's going to who's going to be aimed Whereas now, when you, if you have Teller sometimes, you have Redmond, they don't always whip it. They'll sometimes sort of angle it into the box. Sometimes they'll drill it into the box. Sometimes you'll have a short pass. So, Jamie, how good is, good is it when you, you change it up just to, just to be a bit more unpredictable, really?
2: I, th- I think it's working, uh, evidently it is. I completely agree with you. what you said there, Harry. Like, it is, it's shown the last few games as well of our set pieces. Nothing's really came from them. I can't remember this season, really, to be honest, where... Our goals came from a set piece that's been that insignificant because I think, like I said, Harry, it's just so predictable knowing that James will Prowse is always in the in-swinging cross most of the time and the fact that we are doing something else is really, really good to see because as I found with Southampton, especially with our lack of goals recently, definitely changed this game. It's, it's nice to see they're doing something about it because in the past, I'd say we just tried to keep going on it, going on a route where evidently it's not working, but it's nice to see we're changing things up and Ralph is kind of not as stubborn as he was when he first joined.
0: Are we saying, going on to their corner, how frustrating was it? I know it's, <laughs> I know it's an obvious thing to say, but hmm. Jamie, we'll go to Ollie, actually, because I, I sort of know <laughs> what Jamie's going to say. Was it a McCarthy mistake? Because I think it's a good save. However, I feel like he's sort of over-dived and then he's parried it straight into the danger area where Johnny Evans scores his first goal since the last time he scored at St Mary's in a 1-1 in a draw. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I could kind of see it. I, I, I don't know. I hmm, I I don't know. I'm not a goalkeeping coach. I, I think he probably pushed it into the danger zone a little bit, but at least he got to the first one, I guess. It's probably not the best thing that he's pushed it straight into like the middle, but yeah, I, I think Jamie probably feels a little bit more intently about it than I do, but yeah, I think he possibly could have done a little bit better, but I wasn't like, I wasn't annoyed at McCarthy thinking oh he should have done better there I was just like oh that's just a bit of annoying goal to concede isn't it I guess Ooh. I could kind of I could kind of feel them coming back into it a little bit and when I saw the uh, corner I was like oh, this doesn't this doesn't seem great Jamie you're making noises and I think it's a tough
2: one because I think he did make a good initial save yeah. it's just that it's, it's similar to what Michael did earlier on and for our goals like the fact they both did a decent save to in the first place just they didn't have any idea to how to keep the ball or clear it in an effective way? Because obviously, when you're making a reflex save like that, you can't necessarily always guarantee where the rest of your body's going to be. Mm. So uh, I know I'm not McCarthy's biggest fan, but yeah. I can't be too annoyed at him as he did save us a quite a bit in that game. I saw Even as soon that as the,
1: as soon as like the final whistle went, everyone's already saying McCarthy needs dropping next game. And I know you like Forster, uh, Jamie, but I don't think that was a performance. Like bad enough to drop McCarthy, I think he has been decent throughout the season and again, I don't look at that performance and think he had a a poor game, I think he was just a little bit unlucky and again, we'll come to the second goal later but those two combined, I don't think he had a poor game and I don't know whether I would drop him for Forster and even with your affinity for Forster, I don't know whether you would either.
2: Um, If I'm honest I wouldn't because he does have those saves in him which are keeping us in a lot of games it's yeah. just the thing is, I think Fraser and him are at a very similar ability level. So it's hard to say if we bring Fraser in, will he make much difference to the goals that McCarthy could, does concede? Because I don't think realistically he would. At this yeah. point, cause I think I've had a bit of a change of heart in the last two games, if I'm being honest, because McCarthy is showing why he's been chosen over Forster because he can make those sharp reflex savers like the one with the Harvey Barnes later in the game, sure we'll talk exactly. about even more. Yeah, we'll talk
1: about that later. But again the the fact I see people saying that he needs to be dropped, but he literally kept us in the game with that save. We'll go on about it later, but yeah, he uh, he kept us in the game with that save. So for me, I don't think I don't think McCarthy deserved the uh, criticism. Um, I don't think it was his fault. Harry, do you think it's his his fault then?
0: Um, For the first one, I can see why people think he he could have saved it. And for me, I was quite frustrated only because I think he could have done better. But if you look at the game as a whole, would the game have changed results-wise in terms of win-loss-draw if we had forced from McCarthy? Probably not. You look at the Norwich game and think maybe, but for this one, I don't think so. So after the break, we'll talk a little bit more about the Leicester game. We'll talk about uh, the Liverpool one as well. See you after this short break. Hello,
2: welcome back to Voice 103.9 and all our other podcasting platforms. We're talking about our recent draw against Leicester today. We've just discussed our first goal and Johnny Evans' interesting finish against Alex McCarthy. But now, before we discuss the rest of the game, I'm going to throw over to our main
0: man, Harry Tiddard, and his three-man quiz. You are indeed, and for anyone that's new around these areas, A, welcome, <laughs> but B, the three-man quiz. It's pretty simple. The answer is a former Saints player, and the three clues are a player that he played with before his time at Saints or after his time at Saints and during his time at Southampton. And this week, the three clues are Papa Dembasise, Daryl Yanmat, and Victor Wanyama. That's Papa Dembasise, Daryl Yanmat, and Victor Wanyama. I let you three scribble the... P- you know, scribble the names down on a piece of paper whilst I talk and I'll introduce the next part of the Leicester game that I do want to talk about, and that is the Che Adams goal to make it 2-1, because I've got to be honest, I was worried. I looked at the trend of previous games, and I saw when they equalised, and I I was quite worried because Leicester, they're a dangerous side. I know they're only four points ahead of us, but you've seen from their previous two seasons battling for the Champions League and a squad with a, a plethora of talent that I thought they could be dangerous, but no. We took the lead once again through Che Adams and how much credit does Nathan Redmond have to take for that cross? Just, you know, gets it onto the tip of his head and he, he outstretches, gets it past Castro Michael, and I erupted, I must say, because mm. for me, there's no way that could be disallowed. You know, I looked at the Nathan Teller possible offside and I thought, oh, this could be dodgy, whereas this, there's absolutely no chance. Ollie, go I just we'll want to comment in
1: the fact that you're very reserved, Harry, in your celebrations. I don't think I can be as <laughs> methodical in the way that you... You do like a check in order to see if it can be called off. Almost like you You want to be the embarrassment if you celebrate. Why not just like let yourself...
0: I've got to be honest. I will let you behind the curtains. I was oh. eating a pizza at the same time as the child <laughs> went in, so I didn't want the pizza to go flying. I didn't want the meat feast to like the pepper army and all that. So it was sort of like a, it was sort of like a half excuse for it to be honest, because it was very hot on my lap. So I uh, it was it was a bit of a fifty fifty. Both a I don't want to oversell it in front of like a Leicester fan because otherwise, you know, the jokes we fly <laughs> left, right and centre, but B I was enjoying the pizza right. and I Okay well.
1: so it, it it's multi dimensional then it's it's, it's the food yeah. side. And it's that you don't want to be teased for it later on. Is that what it and is? I've
0: got to be honest. I'm not going to eat food during a Saints game again because I didn't feel like as as much of part of the action in the first five minutes. So I was just eating it as quickly as I could. So my only focus mean, was the TV rather than eating at the same time because then it just feels it feels like I'm not part of it. You know? like, I, I, don't know. I agree
1: with you on that one because I feel like if you're going to watch mm-hmm. something and eat your dinner, it needs to be kind of like relaxing. Whereas a lot of the time when I'm watching Saints, I'm on edge a lot of the time, and it, it's one not. Is not relaxed. So. Are yeah, exactly. Saints games are far from it. So I feel like it was a poor decision. I I did a similar thing because it, it's around that, that dinner time kickoff, isn't it, as well? So, yeah. you know, you sit down with your food and, uh, yeah, I, I, there's too much going on. There was either food or watching Saints and it's too stressful, isn't it? So, yeah, I, I'd, I'd stay away. bit of a public service announcement. Don't eat food and watch Saints games. <laughs> Wait, what's
0: your question? My question <laughs> is, what was your reaction to the Che Adams goal? Because that's how Absolutely. it sort of came about, about my reaction being muted. And we'll go back to that. How impressed were yeah. you with both the cross, but also the header? And Jay Adams, he's, he is fully informed. I think that's five and six, including international goals as well, and cup goals, because obviously the one he got against Chelsea. How impressed have you been with those two in that game, also Adams this season?
2: I
1: thought Rebham was all over the place. It was brilliant, but in a good way, all over the place. Yeah. Like, he was <laughs> yeah. coming up in that role, what you want him to do. Um, a beautiful cross, and he he can definitely do put those crosses in. He, we've seen it before again. Not enough typical Redmond, but he can do them. And it was a beautiful cross. Um, Trey Adams really again. If he doesn't have to think, he's actually quite good. It's just when he has that time, he never really finds the back of the net. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a, an instinct finish, and he's put it away quite well. Um, and my dinner was consumed by then, so I could happily celebrate. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Mikey, i I talk to you for this part of it. Was there any part of, you know, you looked at the Chay Adams header. It sort of felt to me that he didn't feel like the ball was going to get that far because it-, it looked like he reacted sort of, not. I wouldn't say late, but he was sort of standing still. And then he quickly dives across to put the header in the opposite corner. Am I overthinking that or was or that what happened?
3: No, again, that was that was what I thought, and watching that ball come into the box, I looked into the box, and Shay Adams was, like, he wasn't dawdling, but he just wasn't, it didn't seem like he was there, and all yeah. of a sudden, in a split second, he realised, oh, no one's getting to this, and then he quickly dove and, <laughs> and got that header on target, and yeah, I mean, he's in the form of his life at the moment, isn't he? He's- or oh, is that five goals in six games or something like that uh, uh,
0: i could not believe it though when i saw he had three prem goals <laughs> I, I forgot that he got one in the cup and then a couple international i thought he'd be on like five by now so when i saw he was on three I was, it was
3: first angry. first goal of the season was away at chelsea in the league cup wasn't it and mm. yeah he's just been scoring since then it's we know we know that che adams is very much a purple patch player he'll have six, seven games. But I think this is probably the longest run he's had with us or like in a row where he's been scoring goals and he's been performing well. And that partnership with him and Adam Armstrong up top is really starting to come together as much as both of them aren't scoring goals. You got that, that there's an understanding that you see when they press and when who triggers, who sort of does really well. And it is quite, quite exciting. So, yeah, I mean... It was a great finish, really good balling from Redmond. Um, and like it just felt like that goal was a little bit out of the blue. But, yeah, really, really good. And, of course, that put us 2-1 ahead.
0: Will he get his first 10-goal Premier League season this year? Because he got close last year, but this year I know he's had 11-3. and 3, But on that sort of average, if you go 33 games, he'll have nine goals. and Then he only has to get one in his next what five after that do you think he will hit the 10 goal mark but also how much do we need him to hit the 10 goal mark because we're not out of a relegation battle we're still i think five points clear although newcastle and norwich really did look dismal on that tuesday night game despite the fact that newcastle did go down to 10 men and are gonna buy past the league (laughs) if they need to stay up do you think he can get those 10 goals and how, how much is it needed
3: i mean that's that's the hope uh, that yeah. he does get those those ten goals, and uh, there's no reason why he can't. Like, obviously, he's he's. A brilliant striker and the way that he's scoring got like the, the range of goals that he's scoring. It's not just you're looking at a little like that's a poacher's finish. You think a little reaction in the box a diving header? The goal that he scored at Watford was just a fantastic, like just a sensational goal. Like he scored first time, second time finishes. That's what you want in a striker in the box and That's something that Danny Ings had where it would just be a first time finish or like a two touch shot. Get the shot away quickly, make the goalkeeper work. That's what Che Adams is bringing to his game now. So you're getting that complete player where I can't I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was in the second half. Che Adams did a first time volley into the feet of I think it was like it was either Brozier or Redmond or something like that. And it was like a 20 yard, 25 yard ball ball came in the air and he had a first-time volley directly into the feet. And huh. that's, that was the moment oh, where I was yeah. going, yeah, this is a lad that's playing with so much confidence right now. Because you have to have confidence in your ability to be able to play that ball. And it went straight to the lad's feet. And just like, oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, he, he's, he's on top of the world at the moment. It's something we've really got to take advantage of.
0: I think he's always got that in his locker though. You don't score, although he didn't score in his first 28 games, the fact that he had the the desire to smash one from 60 foot or whatever it was against Manchester City. I think he's always got that. I think people just, it it feels, people recognise it more when you're a man in an absolute hot streak. But sadly, once again, we couldn't keep hold of that 2-1 lead. James Madison, he was nothing less than phenomenal because against Watford, he got a goal and two assists. And today, uh, I mean, a couple of days ago, he got a goal as well. How good was that run, Jamie, to get from basically his own box almost? I know he passed it off a couple of times to so then score. He, he left James Wall Prowse just set, almost sat on the floor, quite literally sat on the floor in his half. And then they felt like it, they did a lot of fake shots or fake passes. Mm. Or he sent Tino games. flying, lads. Exactly. I think Tino, mm. Tino, I wouldn't necessarily say struggled, but there's a lot of the time that you had Lookman or you had Madison on the wing that, you know, it sort of f- faked a pass or faked a shot and he, you know, he, he fell for it every time. But. How good was that goal and how much the Leicester missed, missed him when he's not quite been in form? <sighs> it's, it's a
2: tough one to comment on, Harry, because I've got, much, I've got quite a lot of mixed opinions about it because I don't think he should be scoring from there because, like I so say, you see, Tino got sent flying and then when he sent the shot off, Bed and Wreck just stood there, didn't even put a foot in. And Mac- that's the second time McCarthy's had some, a shot go in from his near post. And I think like two games now, and it's just like it's just the same thing repeating itself. But like at the same time, then you, know, you do have to give credit to Madison because to put a, to finish a, a goal in that sort of style is you can't really be too annoyed about. But it is the individual errors that lead up to it which is really, really um, annoying, to be honest. I think it's shown in I think it shows um, Tino's age a lot as well recently. Not saying he's been playing poorly. But there's a few times, especially in, like, goals have conceded because of his footballing intelligence, I think. I think he, like, he like, sometimes stands back a lot. But I, I still love the Vladivosti. It shows he's got a lot to learn.
0: Mikey, you're a man for sports analysis. How, how could we have prevented that goal? Or, or how many different little things could have happened for us to prevent that goal?
3: I mean, the fact that Madison was able to like, carry the ball 40 yards up the pitch... Um, I think it was from their goal kick or something like that. I think they were playing the ball out the back, and Warpouse has gone into press Madison, and he's been spun. Um, and I mean that's not particularly helpful. Um, but yeah, so uh, what. It's hard because like, I know Jamie's saying that football intelligence of Livermento and stuff like that, him diving in there, but there's two things you're told as an offender. One, if if you're going to make a tackle or something like that, don't dive in. Like that's something that like you, you obviously think to yourself, okay, that's, that's something that you, you don't have to do, but then you also get told that you've got to make your body as big as possible to block a mm. shot. And Livermanto's try to make his body as big as possible to block a shot. And Madison's cut inside. But then you're also looking at, in that box, you've got Romeo in there, who, like, Romeo's in there, Will is in there, the entire back four are in there. You've got enough cover there that if Livermento does dive in, someone else can come over and get there. I understand the fact that people aren't happy with McCarthy's performances, or, like, the two goals could have been prevented. McCarthy had three players in the way of him. Benarek, uh, Harvey Barnes, and Romeo were all in McCarthy's sight line of the ball. Um, for the second goal, for the first goal, was Simeo, uh, not Simeo, Jesus, Salisu, um, <laughs> Salisu, Bednarek, and I think two Leicester players, Johnny Evans. One of them were in the sightline of Alex McCarthy from the initial shot that shot that he saved, and like to be able to make those reaction split saves are hard enough. So to get to the, I mean, to get to the first one was a brilliant save, and. Like At that point, it doesn't really matter where the ball goes for the goalkeeper. He's got to it. And yes, you'd prefer the ball to go out of the 18-yard box. You'd prefer it to go around for a corner or something like that so you can reset. But that just wasn't possible. And Johnny Evans reacted quicker than everyone else. And then you look at... the the second goal and it's different it is it is hard because you do think goalkeepers shouldn't be beaten at the near post but when you've got three players in the way and it's a low driven shot from like five yards out it's very difficult to react to that um with the amount of players in the way with 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 the amount of stimulus that's happening and you do look at the mistakes before the mistakes previous of everyone diving in maybe players should have stood on their feet to like prevented delayed the ball from going forward instead of coming in and getting attracted. And that's something that we saw later on in the game with well with Harvey Barnes' shot on goal and then Jamie Vardy's one-on-one as well were mistakes that we made to let Leicester in, almost.
0: You look at the result of the game and I think you makes some really good points there. I think there's... I was talking about it earlier to someone. I think there's points in the game where we think... We we have to win this at this point, or or feel like we should have done. There's points where Leicester think uh, we should have won this game, and there's there's points where you know people be happy with a draw because. Although I was frustrated at, at 2-2 thinking, oh, we've given up this lead twice. Vardy doesn't miss those chances often. He really doesn't been put in behind one-on-one with the goalkeeper. And also McCarthy's made a brilliant save. So, after all of that considered, looking at after the game with a point against a, a good Leicester side, despite their you know, relative struggles compared to their previous performances of the last couple of years. Oli, you, were you happy with a point?
1: Yes, I would have definitely taken a point before the game. It's It's easy to say situationally that we could have taken more, but I would have taken a point at the start of the game. Um, We were let off quite a few times. The McCarthy save was brilliant. Bardi should have scored that chance where he blazed it over. So they had key chances. Mikey, can you look up the xG? Do you know what it is off the top of your head?
3: Uh, we had a one point. Mikey. We had a one point six. They had a one point oh, okay. five. So it was oh. like an incredible. It, yeah. it should
0: have ended as a draw according to expected <laughs> goals. And if you round well, them both up, it's two two. So there we go. No, <laughs> oh,
1: you, you don't do rounding. That that's like sacrilege, <laughs> no, isn't it, Mikey? Harry, in in no, no, uh... do <laughs> exactly.
2: <round. laughs> Can't Kick do that. The um... <laughs> oh, I agree. <laughs> it, <laughs>
1: Mikey or Kicking him out of the podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: Mikey, does, does a point make you smile? or Does it make you sad?
3: I was happy at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, like, that's quite a way of. Yeah, it's cool. no, it just Does it make me? Does not make me sad? Uh, it makes me indifferent. I think um, <laughs> the, 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 the point. <laughs> the point was good. The the point was a good result. Um. That, again. Leicester, you're expecting to be up in the Europa League places by the end of the year. So to get a point from them is good. It's just another game where we haven't let the uh, clubs above get away almost. So, yeah, I think a point a points, a good result. And to concede uh, only
2: not two, sorry, rather than nine is
3: quite good. Yeah, to concede <laughs> only nine, not two, that's... Uh, thank you, <laughs> uh, the, the, Yeah, what it, we it was... Yeah, so really there, wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't actually a lot I don't know yes, uh, no, I, was I was just mentioned like, just like, the simple. first second
2: Harry, to, Mikey,
3: yes, when it? I listened to it on
2: Amazon Prime <laughs> yeah, I'm, really? I'm I really—I
0: missed yeah, the, I miss the coverage, completely. But...
1: Oh and in the preamble they mentioned it like five times before because yeah. they had nothing else to talk about so they just asked reporters who clearly hadn't done their research and they went yeah well I think they want to get them back off that 9-0 it's like were not it like
2: two Ten seasons four, four, five, We've had a 1-1 draw <laughs> yeah. against them since We've beaten
0: them since then It's obviously just
2: yeah, Harry, do you remember? Does, don't Jack, what, we beat them in the same season, 2-1 at their yeah. place? No, Max no, Stevenson. I mean,
0: the last time we played them at home, we drew oh. 1-1 because Vestergaard got sent off after 10 minutes. He <laughs> did get VAR overturned, so maybe it shouldn't have been. But neither of those two... Bertrand wasn't in the squad, and Vestergaard didn't come on the pitch. So, uh, do you know you what? I, I'm... I'm... <laughs> What do you reckon the their reception overall, would have been if they came back? Is, no, Vestigard He was, no, uh, no, thing, no.
3: Vestigard was, he went out for a warm up and he got booed.
0: And I don't understand
3: that. Yeah, Yeah, it was a very small section of. It was the small section, like the itching, you know, when everyone comes out and warms up. There was a very small, minimal boo, and I think it was. Who the hell is doing that? Like, what's he done? (laughs) What has he done? um, Yeah, he didn't
2: try and force a move or anything. The club got a good offer from and took it. It's sort of yeah, but nothing that bad. I and
1: think I think it's like, getting near Christmas and people just mm. want to turn the St Mary's <laughs> into a pantomime. Like it's not <laughs> he didn't do anything, did he? Like he just we, it was think... a sensible business decision. If he like <laughs> if he if he refused to play or something, then yeah, I'd understand it. But it was just a it was just a good deal for all parties really, wasn't it?
3: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. I, so I, I would okay. like to think if Bertram was there he'd get a good reception though. Yeah, you'd hope so.
3: Yeah. Uh, who did get a good re- uh, reception though was Nigel Atkins. At oh, I wish I was uh, there. Was, oh, that oh, cool. was lovely. Like usually you get the so this Saints award that they give out, usually they um usually no like they'll get a little bit of a reception at the start and then a little bit of a reception at the end like there's no the lot last... Franny Benali got quite a good one uh when he was there I don't of know course. if you guys were there cuz that was quite near the start of the season um, but yeah, the whole st- it felt like the whole stadium, like who was still because everyone was getting their hot dogs and stuff like that. <laughs> Everyone's mm. still in there; they're all standing. You yeah, had the northern scene. There's only one Nigel Atkins. It was just, oh, oh it was just a bro. lovely moment in the stadium. It was just really, really nice. I'd like um, to see him come so, yeah. back
2: as like um, a coach in the academy or something.
3: I, I mean, I'd that'd be highly that'd that'd inspiring, that, be, though.
2: It would be great. Like, if Nigel Atkins was my coach. I would do whatever that man says. I I love him I wonder if he could have
1: like an advisory role Like that Man United guy's got After Mm. he does the management thing
2: well, to be fair, he's probably not got much game left in him. Really, after the... Was it Charlton or...
0: Yeah, was he, was, he, was, he was at Charlton. and So, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what he does in the future. But after the break, we'll talk a little bit about Liverpool because we have to, being a Saints a Saints podcast. Oh. Re- preview brighter. But quickly, if you've only just joined us, our three clues for the three-man quiz are Daryl Yamat, Papa say, and Victor Wanyama. So, get your reaction get your guesses in at saints underscore score or at voice fm radio and we'll reveal it after this short break
1: this is voice fm 103.9 and you're listening to the Saints score we're going to talk a little bit about the liverpool game but before we get into that how are you going to conclude your free man quiz um i'm a little bit clueless on this one i've got a guess Jamie's had his guests shattered by Mikey, who's I basically... Have, I have, I have, I have one no, one. No, You might have a new one. I have one. a backup. I have a backup.
2: Go on. Do you want to give it a go? Oh, Harry, do not give a quick reminder before oh, I do it for listeners? Yeah. Do you know oh, what yeah.
0: I will do? The three clues this week are Daryl Yamat, Papa Dembassise and Victor Wanyama. It's Daryl Yamat, Papa Dembassise and Victor Wanyama. The three players have played with a former Saints player sometime during their career. Jamie and Ollie, what are your guesses this week? I am going to say... Mario Lamina. But Ooh. I think thinking may
2: not have played with Ram Yamas. So I think I could be wrong
0: there. Ollie, what are you thinking? <laughs> I say Jason Punchin'? <laughs> and... Jason Punchen. Yeah. Huh. Mikey, I don't know. I, I, I had a go. Oh, sorry. You, do, 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 any reason? What's, what's your logic behind it? What are you thinking? Uh... Is, is it just a yeah, it's well, Jason just I, I don't know. Didn't um, Victor Moses uh, Some well, I bit, it was remember Victor Moses? Victor, Wan- Victor Wanyama was, was, one of the guesses. So you've got a couple, a couple <laughs> players confused there. So a we'll a... go to, we'll wait, go wait, to. Mon- wait, wait,
1: I've got, I think I got my notes wrong. Wait, yeah,
0: again, having these, you, you having these, oh, the three players: okay. Yama, Pepe, Denver, Victor Seaside, Wanyama, Pepe Dembélé, and Moses. Oh,
1: Moses. All right, okay. Well, I'm completely off then. Yeah. Ignore me. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: uh, Mikey, <laughs> what are you thinking?
3: Uh, I'm thinking it might be Graziano
0: Pella. Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> oh, oh. no in that tone. Do, do you want to explain <laughs> to the people your logic behind the thinking? Uh,
3: well, I know that Darian Mack went to Newcastle from Feyenoord, Um yeah. So that's yeah. where he played with Graziano Jake. Pella. And I know that Papazise played in China. Uh, So I just assumed that he played with Pella.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. you're correct. Fair play. You've got it spot on once again. I think I've only beaten you twice since starting this segment in about six, seven weeks. So the the format hasn't quite gone to plan. (laughs) And and something also didn't quite go to plan, sadly for Saints, was the 4-0 loss against Liverpool. We're only going to talk about it for a couple of minutes. What went wrong and how do we move on so quickly, Mikey?
3: Uh, what went wrong is Liverpool are quite good. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know they're they're oh, they're they're very good. Um, <laughs> and you know we tried something new, and I know that a lot of people weren't happy with us trying something new away at Anfield, but you know we're going into a game that we're expecting to lose. We might as well well try and catch them out, try and do something different um which i mean three 0 down after like the first what 45 minutes they yeah three nil down after the first half you could sort of go okay right it, it hasn't really worked and <laughs> uh, i know like us reverting back to the um 4-4-2 or whatever it was in the second half and we only conceded one and that was from a set piece so you could say to yourself right you know that was much better why didn't we stick with it at the start liverpool probably weren't trying to be honest they were three nil up Uh, at halftime, 4-0 up after 52 minutes. So they didn't really have much to worry about. They had won the game that you could just cruise to the end. So, you know, we tried something. It didn't work. We move on, I think, is basically
0: it. I I was quite hopeful after the first minute when we got a corner and then Jota scored quite literally about 60 seconds later to quash my mood and i saw the optostat in the fourth minute that we had a two percent win like chance and i thought that's just that's just an unneeded stat to put in the bottom corner no one no one's happy when they see they've got a two percent chance of winning <laughs> uh jamie do you agree with mikey and ollie as well do you agree that it's sort of the best time to try something new when in hindsight you probably if you try and go defensive, we'll probably still lose 1 or 2 nil anyway because they've got Salah, they've got Mane, they've got Jota. At least we know now it probably doesn't work, so we don't have to try it in the future.
2: Mm. Well, when I saw people complaining on Twitter, I was like, it's a team that beat Arsenal 4 0, and it's like an Arsenal side arguably a lot stronger than us. So it's like you can't really complain when they've got some of the best players in the world playing in the form of their lives. So, you, like, <laughs> what really can you do? Because, like, sometimes you have to sit back and admit that Southampton aren't the best team in the world. And like, and they would like to think so, but I think Liverpool probably are one up there. Yeah. So you can't really be too annoyed about
0: it. I think that's that's a perfect summary. Thank and you. we'll move we'll move on to this weekend's game against brighton who although they had a brilliant start to the season i think they they still might be in the top eight i'll have a i'll have a quick check after what was a great start Seventh, sorry 14 games 19 points they've not won since the 19th of september what's... mikey what's impressed you about brighton but also where's it where's it gone wrong recently because it feels like they defied xg yeah. at the start of the season and then went back to their usual selves
3: I'm a massive fan of Graham Potter. I think he's great. Um, I I really like the way that he plays. I I like the way that Brighton play. Um, I think just sometimes it hasn't really clicked. Again, the strikers, they're probably not, they're not,
0: probably good enough for the Premier League. Do you feel like that's something that Uh, they for some reason haven't invested in? Because I feel like when they got the 50 million for Ben White, that's a perfect opportunity to go out and get someone like Odson Edwards who went to uh, Crystal Palace.
3: Or like Passan Daku went to Leicester in the end as well. Like th- Those yeah. are a couple of people that you think yeah, maybe. Uh, if Brentford go down eventually at the end of this year, I think Ivan Toney's going to be one that a lot of clubs are going to be after. And I think that's one that Brighton could be after as well. Um, it's just since Glenn Murray, they haven't had a goal stork- scorer. Like And Glenn Murray was just a lad you could stick in the... But <laughs> he caused us so many problems. He, you could just stick him in the box and whip across into him and he could just bully defenders left, right and centre. Um. So I think that's something that they do miss a lot. And you look at some of their striking options. Danny Welbeck, I quite like him. I think he's a good player, but he's injured for six months of the season. So it's not helpful for the squad. Neil Maupay, is he really good enough for the Premier League? Maybe. He's their main source of goals at the moment, which... You know, it could be an issue. The last big money striker that they spent their money on was Jardim LaCardia and that didn't really turn out too well, did it? So, you know, like that's that's the end that they're struggling with defensively and how they play and how they progress the ball up the pitch is brilliant and I, I love watching it. But, you know, no wins in eight games in the Premier League and the fact that they're seventh shows how tight this league is and how, like... Three points could be the difference. I think we're closer to top four than we are to the relegation zone or something ridiculous like that. And we're 16th. So it shows how tight this league is and how insane this season could actually be.
0: If we get a win here, could it... I think this December period just overall can define a season because this is where you have six or seven games that either shows right. We're going to be battling near the back end of of the league. You know, Burnley on 10 points. At the moment, we... Are on 15 and Arsenal, sorry, uh, Brighton in seventh are on 19. So we're we're really not far away whatsoever. What sort? Where do you think we will be battling by the end of the season? Will it be near Brighton or will it be near the Burnleys of the world, Ollie? Uh, sorry, what was that? Where do you think we'll be battling? A lot of information around right no. Round the end of the <laughs> season, where do you think we'll be battling? Will it be with Brighton or will it be with Burnley?
1: Um, I think we'll be it's 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 a little, what's the word I'm looking for here? It seems like there's a little bit of stagnation in our progress, and the fact that we will probably be around the fourteenths, the thirteenth. I think I don't think we'll be in a relegation battle. I just don't. I think we we turn up too often and defy expectations now and again. And when you're able to do that, that means you will pick up enough points to not be in a relegation battle. And I know that sounds strange, but Ralph's system is a really strange one where you sometimes will not, you won't get the result you deserve, even though you might have play them off the park. And sometimes we will go away to a team where we have no right to pick up a point, and we'll end up doing it. So I think over the the course of the the season, it will be up and down, but we won't. I don't think at, at any real point we'll be dragged into a relegation battle. Now I'm touching my table and touching wood now to make sure that doesn't happen but I think yeah um, if we're calling Brighton a, a, a top half team this season I think we will struggle to try and compete with them obviously if we pick up points against them this weekend then there's more of a possibility for that but um...
2: Well I don't necessarily agree because I think Brighton don't really have as a good squad depth as we do now I think right. if, especially in this December period we have such a chance to push the higher end because we actually have a depth to our squad now. And I'd argue we have like like quality players in basically every position. So I really think that this, that's why we have such a better chance than like the, the other mid-table sides in the league this period because we can battle them and we can ch- change our squad around and still have the same quality where other teams can't.
3: I
0: think I agree. the press is going to be a struggle, though. and If you've got seven games and we only really seriously turn up you know, the heat in the first 45 minutes, you'll have teams like Brighton, Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Brentford, West Ham, Tottenham. They'll all have case studies of how to get points against us. Is, is that at all a worry?
2: Well, that's every
0: single game in football
2: now, Tizard. Everyone has a case study of how to beat every team. It's just, Yeah, I know we press a lot in the first 45, and they make two substitutions that changes. This means we have to change our plan as well, which I think has shown, especially against Leicester, that we did change up a bit and i think that's a bit of a silly comment harry because every team has a game plan especially mikey knows that's what mikey does he knows how, how, how teams play that's just that's just premier league football harry
1: one thing that i'd say though jamie is the fact that you said that like we could have a couple good results and push up against brighton but they're literally like what two points off european places they're what sixth seventh right now and, and they what, were, and were
2: only five
1: true but there's also people in in front of us that have games in hand because they were called off you think about Tottenham they've only played they've got like two games in hand on us so I think there's a lot of teams above that will and again there's going to be teams that like Man United and Tottenham who are like what they're like eighth ninth right now that they will get better and they will still start picking up points I think that gap will slow like slowly start to push away um if we can aim for top half that'd be brilliant but we kind of got to know where we are as well, and if we can try and get somewhere like 12, 13th this season, again, it's it's a very successful season for the quality that left us at the start of this this season. Like you look at Danny Ing's, Yannick Vestergaard, the two front runners possibly apart from James ward Prowse that that got a Player of the Season last year. So War Prowse is on a, a long term contract now. We've started to like bleed in the new players, and if we can get you know. 12th or 13th that's higher than I think all four of us predicted at the start of the season would be a very successful season so I i think unfortunately we're not going to be pushing for top half but if we can get anywhere close then that would be that'd be a great result for the uh the end of the season
3: do you remember like a couple of seasons ago under Puel where like I think you had a defined top six which is like your normal top six that you'll get and then you had Everton in seventh in like a league of their own. Cause they're like 10 points off Europe and then 10 points off everyone else. And then yeah. from eighth to 16th, there was a block that was, a, I think the, it finished like six points or something like that Yeah. between eighth and sixth. I can see this season being like that where there isn't a lot of difference between your Brightons, your Wolves, your, your Southamptons, your Leeds. And th- there isn't a lot of difference between those sides. I think you've got, your bottom i want to say they're defined already and they're already down but you look at at the moment newcastle and norwich the game that they played out on tuesday night was absolutely horrendous like it was awful um and then you've got one relegation spot available where you think maybe burnley can get out of it will watford be in there will we be in it like there are eight or nine teams there that you can say that tottenham and man united are going to get better will they i don't know i know they've changed their managers under and they've got time to sort of make it better but I I don't know if they they're not guaranteed to finish fifth and no. sixth they could no, be no, not, down, no. down on that sort of way as well so like it's gonna be tight it's gonna be a very tight season this is what Harry was saying about December being so important is we are playing the teams that are gonna be sort of around us you are looking at Brighton you're looking at Palace Brentford you're looking at Newcastle like to end off that run to start January those are the sides that we've got to be going, right, three points there. It has to be three points there. We've we got to or at least not drop points because those are the ones that at the end of the season, we will be two, three points behind or or maybe like five or six. And those results are going to be key on whether we're above them or not. And as as Southampton are in this financial situation that we're not getting money from the board, prize money is everything. And as much as it could be like, oh, we just want to stay up. We don't care if we finish seventeenth or below. If we, the difference between seventeenth and twelfth, money-wise, is ridiculous. Like you could get ten million from just those two different places, and that could be a new player for us. That could be two players if we keep with this youth sort of signing these youth players on one-year deals, left for five million pounds. Like that could be two players for us to bring in. So, like that, these are the games that you think, right, this is why it's important for us just to keep running as a club and competing as a club. We need to be finishing as high up as we possibly can.
0: Blog's ticking down. I want your score predictions for this weekend. I'll start with Jamie. Southampton v Brighton. What's your score prediction? I think
2: it'll be a close game, but I agree in the cheeky 1-0
0: Southampton, if not a one all maybe. That's good for me. Ollie.
1: Uh, I think it's going to be a 1-0 and we're going to out-XG Brighton to change up things.
0: <laughs> oh, cheeky! As
1: Mikey,
3: uh, two uh, nil Southampton. We I like, I like the sound.
0: we got, got a all, good record well, in the like Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> However, we we did lose against them at home last season, but I'm going to go for a 1-0 victory as well. It's going to be another goal in like the, the eighth minute, and then we're going to hold out for the whole game. But that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Remember, you can interact with us at Saints underscore score on Twitter. It's goodbye from me and Jamie. Bye. Goodbye from Molly. Bye-bye now. And goodbye from Mikey. Bye. We'll see you. We'll see you next week to react to this very game and preview our game at the Emirates. We'll see you next week.